Hey there, and welcome to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And this is our weekday devotional walkthrough of the New Testament. And what we do is we take whatever chapter we are on in our New Testament reading plan, and I just share a few thoughts to help us maybe understand a little bit more fully, hopefully uh, obey the scripture a little bit more faithfully. And so today we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 14. If you want to open up to Matthew 14, I want to kind of do a little bit of an overview of pretty much the entire chapter. I probably won't handle the last few verses, but, but in Matthew chapter 14, here's what you have. You have, first of all, this scene with Herod and the beheading of John the Baptist, who is Jesus's cousin. And so Jesus, he finds out that his cousin has been executed by Herod. And uh, and I want you to see in verse 13, um, Jesus's response. It says, now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. So imagine this story, how, how it begins. John is beheaded in part because Herod is now with a, another woman and the, Herod has spoken out against the, um, the unfaithfulness, against the, the violation of God's law that, that is happening with Herod and Heroditis. Um, and so ultimately Herod is executed and Jesus hears about this, the forerunner. John the Baptist is executed. Jesus, his cousin, you can, you can almost picture that they knew each other. They played with each other as kids. And, and now Jesus, he says, I'm going to go to a desolate place. I, I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go be alone with my heavenly father. And so Jesus heads out to go do that. But the crowds follow. And they don't leave him alone. And so verse 14, it says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And Jesus, he's, he's hoping to get away. He's hoping for a break. He's hoping to go be with the Heavenly Father, to, to take some time to, to breathe, to process. His cousin was just executed for crying out loud. And instead of getting a break, he finds the crowds are, they're following him. They're rushing him in a sense. And it says that he has compassion on them. His innards, they twist with, with care over them. And so he, he heals their sick. He puts their needs in front of his own desire to, to be away with the Heavenly Father, to go and be in a desolate place. And he, he heals their sick. He ends up feeding 5,000 men plus the women and children. And, uh, and so then again, he, he goes to be alone and he sends his disciples on their own and then he goes and, and, and is alone. And then what you have, verse 23, uh, it says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. And so finally he gets alone. Finally he gets to go and, and spend time in prayer. And after he gets alone and spends time in prayer, the story then continues where Jesus, he decides to go be with his disciples. And so he because he is God in the flesh, he walks upon the water out to meet his disciples. And unsurprisingly, they are dismayed. They are frightened. You and I, we would be in the same place. We would be frightened. There's someone walking on the water. They're, they're scared. And Jesus, uh, he, he comes to them. And Peter, Peter says, if it's really you, let me come out on the water and, and let me walk upon the water with you. And so Peter and 
Peter is invited out by Jesus. He walks out onto the water and uh, and then he takes his eyes off of Christ. He starts looking at the, the tumultuous waves and, and he starts to sink. And Jesus, he reaches out and grabs him. Verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, this is a, the second time Jesus uses this phrase, O you of little faith. He, he once again, he's calling his disciples to trust him. He's calling his disciples to trust him. I mean, they, they just witnessed him feeding 5,000. And now they're, they're witnessing him walking on water. Peter himself walks on the water for a minute. And, and so he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And Jesus isn't saying you should have faith in yourself. You shouldn't doubt yourself. He's, he's saying you should have faith in me. Why? Verses 32 and 33, I think, are a, a great summary here. It says, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Now, the chapter ends with another healing, but, but, but this is where I want to stop right here. And what I want us to consider, these disciples, they are, they are seeing Jesus for who he is. Jesus just, he, he, he healed people and then fed thousands of people and then walks out on the water. And when he steps into the boat, the storm calms and they, they verbalize this, you are the son of God and they worship him. They give him glory as God. They worship him as God. Jesus, when he says you have little faith, he's not saying you should have more faith in yourself. He's saying you should direct your faith upon me. This is really a chapter that's revealing Jesus's identity through and through. You see his great compassion, even when Jesus wanted to be away, even when Jesus wanted to be with the father alone in a desolate place, Jesus has compassion toward those who are needy. He heals them. He feeds them. You see Jesus's call to us to have faith to trust him for who he is, to put our hope, our faith, our confidence in him, to say we believe in Jesus, we believe he is the son of God. Ultimately, we see Jesus' true identity. He is, he is the son of God. And so today, as we consider the, the ancient way for our modern day, what we need to consider is we need to consider who Jesus is in his compassion and in his deity, in his care, and then in his glory. And we need to, we need to consider that. And then we need to consider how we respond. Do we respond with fear? Do we respond with worry of the world's situations? Or do we respond with faith in, in Jesus who has compassion on his people, who cares for his people, who, who comes to his people in their distress and in their need, and who tells us over and over again, we don't need to doubt. We don't need to be afraid. We are called to have faith. This chapter really is, it's just a giant brag fest on the identity of who Jesus is. He, he is the son of God. He is the one that you and I, we can trust with our cares and our concerns. We can trust with our difficulties. And, and in that trust, we can, we can worship him in his true identity. This is the best way to live. A life that worships and honors and trusts 
in Jesus. This is the ancient way for our modern day.